I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith from the Men's Room. And did you know I have a podcast? Well, I do. The Podcast. New episodes uploaded every Wednesday on the Odyssey app. 99.9 KISW. We return to the men's room with Miles and Thrill. One innocent-looking plant harbors an agonizing secret. As a single brush of its leaves is enough to cause excruciating pain for months. The Dendrosnide morodes is known as the world's most dangerous plant. Even morphine uh, rendered ineffective against its venom. Morphine. Morphine. Think about that. The shrub has numerous names, including the uh, Gimpy Gimpy, the Stinging Bush, the Queensland Stinger, and the Giant Australian Stinging Tree. It has also been called the Suicide Plant. Uh, Like one of the names suggests, the plant is native to the rainforest of Australia. They can grow 115 feet tall. That's right. It looks like a tree. But uh, some painful and persistent are the effects of the uh, plant that signs are often posted along tracks, particularly in Queensland and trails, warning hikers and tourists of the dangers that lurk ahead. Uh, They say the uh, small shrub, which can grow into a huge tree, uh, was in a cage at a uh, uh, showing in England with a sign that read danger. The world's most dangerous plant, one touch, can induce nine months of intense, reoccurring, throbbing pain. Uh, a lot of people have never heard of this before. but I've never heard of it. Live in Australia, you know quite well. Our question, what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. Uh, we got a couple of texts here about our last caller. If you didn't hear, he's working in the uh, California Valley, I believe he mm-hmm. said, around the Sacramento area. And I guess it's, if this thing is prevalent at all, that in Arizona are part of the areas, but essentially it's a spore. It causes breathing issues. He gets lesions. All this stuff, man. It's a pretty detailed story, and it was scary stuff. But uh, some of the comments, it says, usually, I would not want a caller on that long. But that was a gripping story. And I'm not crying. You're crying. The next text, <laughs> right. The next text, this guy got me crying. Someone else says, I had valley fever. That's what the caller had. Uh, when I lived in Tucson, kicked my ass for about a year. I have nodules on my lungs to this day. Immune system gets jacked up. Was on an inhaler for years. Still have issues 25 years later. But with all that in mind, they had not nearly as bad as the guy that called in. Damn. Uh, Older bitches. I'll tell you what was an unexpected source that messed me up. Listening to this radio show for the last 10 minutes and Tom's story was an emotional roller coaster. Someone else. I live in Arizona. 
I'm just now hearing about valley fever being prevalent here after a quick search. <laughs> right. What a deal on this house. Yeah. I'm a pool. <laughs> Arizona is the most common place to get it, but they say it's still very rare. And then it's something that has nothing to do with that. Someone says, I had a terrible time with COVID. I made it three years without getting it. Then last September, I got it. I couldn't kick it for over six weeks. I had to get a blood transfusion because it whacked out my blood. I got an infection in my foot that went wild, and I had to have my little toe amputated. Then they discovered a heart murmur, and the disc in my back are breaking down. I've, I've, I read a, bu- a, a pretty big article yeah. about long-form COVID and the more that they're learning about it. and it's, it's Well, you're only going to learn more because... Someone has it. Exactly. Wouldn't you say Dave Navarro is insisting that... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's one of those guys. I, I think that's why Jane's addiction... I think that's why Perry went back to porno for Pyros for a while. Because so what exactly is the long form? Like I, I think it's different for everyone. As far oh, as really? the effects that you get from COVID, and those are individual. So but it's like it, being bitten by a tick. It just lasts One of 100 long, things can much happen. Lo- this, whatever your symptoms are, they last yeah. longer than they should. And they Damn. have a hard time going away. I mean, if you've... Yeah. If I if I felt for a month like I did the first or second day of COVID, that would be awful. Yeah, I would not wish like it on anyone. Tired, kind of lingered, but not like the fever, chills. Like, right, you, just, yeah. you feel awful. What uh, what unexpected source messed you up? Two zero six eight zero three rock. Yes, who it is, Ted? James. James, welcome to the men's room. Hola. Hola. What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? How are you, sir? Um. Yeah, so I, um, short, long story short, is uh, I went through, when I was about 24, I was going through a divorce, and it really had me down in the dumps. Um, and one of my old bosses from my old job that I used to work at, he uh, had depression, and he was just like, hey, you seem depressed. Uh, have you ever tried Zoloft? And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. And he was like, it helps with depression. Try it and let me know if you like it, you know, and maybe you should get it for yourself. So I said, okay, sure, I'll try it. Um, I go home, I I eat, because taking any type of medication, you know, you want to pull stomach or at least something in your stomach, whatever. I thought I was, I thought I knew what I was doing. And uh, I take it, no alcohol, just water. I go outside to smoke a cigarette, and uh, one of my buddies comes out, and I was just like, dude, I feel like I just smoked weed. And he's like, uh, what did you take? And before I could even answer, I was on the ground opening my eyes, and he was screaming, O-F-O-F-O-F, uh, on the phone, calling the police for an ambulance. And I guess I had blacked out standing up, and I landed on my head. From the Zoloft. Yeah, Zoloft, I guess, was a antidepressant uh, for PTSD or something like that or whatever. I didn't know what it was. I just Googled it and was just like, oh, it's for depression. It treats depression, right? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah. Did you have a adverse reaction to it, or is that a normal effect? Um, well, I told him that uh, I had blacked out and fell on my head. I got a huge knot on the back of my head, which I don't think is normal, but um, <laughs> he basically said that... Uh, Maybe it's too strong for your system. Okay. And so uh, I guess they have it in different types of uh, milligrams or whatever. And uh, Well, yeah, it's prescription, right? This is not over the counter. Mm-hmm. This is prescription. Yeah, it was, it was a prescription um, for him. And so I Did guess you tell him, was, hey, man, you're uh, real depressed. Right. No, no, I, I, I basically asked him for more because, you know, I, once I lay down in bed and take one of those, I can knock out after anything, you know, so... <laughs> Um, I need more of these. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted more, but, you know, I was just like, okay, I guess I 
can't get it from you because, you know, you need them. But um, I, I basically uh, got a huge knot on my head and had a huge headache. And I wasn't really smart afterwards because I went to sleep because I felt really tired. So I just said, I'm just going to go to bed. And come to find out, they were saying, oh, you shouldn't have gone to bed. You could have had a concussion. And, you know, that wouldn't have been good. So um, True, but they say that day. afterwards. But it's like it's hard to remind yourself of that when you have the concussion. That, yeah. That's the thing about That's a concussion. Well, yeah. You're not thinking clearly. And when you feel yeah. tired, it, all you want to do is lay down and go mm -hmm. to sleep because generally that solves your problem, right? Yeah, well, I learned something that day. Um, you know, if you black out and fall on your head, don't go to sleep, even though you might be tired. What are you, what are you supposed to do, stay up all night? I, I mean, mean, like, well, do I have a concussion? I mean, ideally, I if you have a head injury like that, like, or you got, you're playing football, you know what I mean? Like, gen like you would have somebody with you that you would kind of keep an eye on with you, you, keep you up. Right, but if you're by yourself, Ted, you know this. Yeah, like, I mean, you're right, not, I've yeah. done it. Right, so you're like, by I yourself. Yeah. And, and like most people... I mean, look, man, if you stub your toe and even think you broke your toe, you still wait a few days to go to Correct. the hospital. Because you think, I can fight through this. I don't want to be a big old bitch I, about I, this. I, I bumped my head, boo-hoo. But, yeah, when you get there, they're yeah. like, hey, man. <laughs> but we're not doctors. We do not know the severity of what we've done to ourselves. And when you do, you call 911. Uh, yeah, I did that when I had appendicitis. I waited till the third day because uh, if anybody's had appendicitis, it feels like a stomachache uh, the first day. And then the second day, it feels like an even bigger stomachache with uh, my cramping pains. And I was just like, I must have ate something. And by the third day, I was on the floor rolling, rolling around in pain. And finally, you know, my dad's like, dude, you need to just go to the hospital. And, and they, so, always, they always tell you the same thing. If you waited any longer, you would have died. Right. Every time. No matter yeah, what it is. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it is important to stay awake. And, and you don't know this in the moment. When I cut my artery, man, and I'm bleeding out or whatever, but... In the back of the ambulance, they're going through all this stuff, but the guy kept looking down. And again, I'm not tracking with what he's doing. I'm thinking he's not listening to me. What's your name? What's your address? And I gave him my name, gave him my address. And I knew in that moment I was lucid and giving him the right information. 15 seconds. And when you're losing blood, I mean, you just mm -hmm. get tired, right? There's no two ways about it. You're losing blood. You start getting doby. And the guy asked me again, and maybe like the seventh time he asked, I'm like, God damn it, my effing name. Why don't you listen? I always remember this guy because he had a big, like, walrus, like, Andy Reid-style mustache. But I remember he looked down, and he just kind of smiled and said, son, I'm just asking you this to keep you awake. I'm like, oh, God, okay. But it kind of hit that. me like, oh, he's worried I'm going to die, man. Yeah. yeah, he was just like, Dude, relax, it's, but I'm going to keep asking you. So every time he asked after that, I'm like, my name is Stephen Hill. Yeah. Like, Mickey to Mouse. <laughs> right. Did you make it to the hospital? Yeah. I mean, or did you pass out first? No, I, I, so I remember I cut my arm. It wasn't painful. You just know something happened. And instinctively, I guess my right hand goes over my left elbow pit, for lack of a better term, peeked at it. And I realized I had an artery because when I peeked, keep in mind where I was, there were 13 mm -hmm. foot ceilings. And when it sprayed out, man, I mean, it hit the ceiling like you throw a ball at it. And, I, and in that moment, and it's weird, like something bad happens to you. You don't realize you're injured. And I go, Ted, you're. Your ribs look broken. Now you're in pain and you're crumpled yeah. to the ground. It's the same kind of thing. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, I don't feel so good. Call yeah. 911. And then I woke up. When I woke up, I was still at my place, but they're putting me on the gurney. All right. And then All I remember right. I kind of woke up in the middle of the ambulance ride. And that's when the guy kept asking my name. And I'm just like, he's not even listening. But I remember my feet started bouncing up and down. And I, I don't know if this is inherently true, but if it is, it gets some insight. So... 
he's looking down at my body. Now he's screaming to the driver to hurry up because my feet are bouncing up and down like I'm on a trampoline, right? And he's saying he's going into shock. And that might be true. That's what it was. But you're still very lucid in that moment. And all I can think is like, man, and I'm trying to get his attention. I'm like, I am cold. The reason I let, you know, you start trembling when you're cold. Like, I am exceptionally cold. Like, I feel like I did the polar plunge cold. And, like, just put a blanket on me. I'll be fine. And somehow I knew that. The guy finally just, like, threw one of the little thin-ass gray blankets Mm -hmm. on me. And it stopped. You know what I'm like? Man, I know. So, it's weird. If you do go into shock, you might be aware that you're in shock, but you can still kind of make decisions, if that makes sense. Right. I don't know. It's, it's a bizarre thing. What uh, what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Cody. Welcome to the men's room. Hola, bitch. Hola. Hola. First time caller, long time listener. How's it going, guys? Appreciate it, man. Thank you. We're doing great. Yes, thank you. Obviously, something terrible happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it did. Uh, I don't know if I can live up to the last couple stories. Don't try to. I'll, I'll do what I can. So um, around December 2020, I uh, was working. Um, and the night before, I um, woke up in the middle of the night kind of like, ow. Like, you know, I just, something felt like it hit my leg or something. And I was like, ow. I, at the time, I wasn't driving. I uh, was So I commuted on the bus, you know, with my bike. And went into work like normal. And then around close to lunchtime, I had a rash that was, or some sort of just something that was just going down my leg all the way almost to my knee. And I had, and I was like, I'd had to tell my boss, I'm sorry, I got to go. Go to the walk-in clinic. They do the forehead scanner. Uh, you know, it, it, this is during COVID, of course. The right, right. COVID. And they scan it and I'm fine on there you know, normal temperature. But then when they do the actual thermometer, I'm at like a fever of 103. And they're like, you need to go to the hospital right now. Or write a song for Foreigner. It's hard to know. Exactly. So anyway, I get to the hospital and I am just sicker than a dog. Whatever has gone through me, I had to, I couldn't even walk at this point. They had to wheel me to, to the bathroom to throw up before I got in there. I waited for about an hour and a half over there at Swedish and Edmonds. And they finally admitted me. And they're like, well, we got to give you a COVID test. And I was like, okay. And so good thing, the good news was I was negative for COVID. But then they said, oh, actually, you're, you're good on COVID, but you have type 2 diabetes. <laughs> oh. And I go, oh, cool. Well, okay, then. So long story short, I went in there on December 4th of 2020. And I got transferred from Edmonds to First Hill with a less than 5% chance to live. Do they tell you that um, at the time? Uh, I was so out of it with whatever they had on me. A lot of it was just, I can't remember a lot of it, to be honest with you. Right. I was kind of out of it. But they rushed me to First Hill. And the only way my mom was able to be able to see me is because I didn't think I was going to make it through the night. Jesus. Less than five chance, Less than 5% chance to live. Uh, ventilator. Um, I was on dialysis at one point. I had two blood transfusions. Um, but somehow, by the grace of God, by about after Christmas, I started waking up and I started talking to people and I was, I, 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 I got it all back besides the diabetes, of course. Uh, so what does that require? Do you have to, do you, are you insulin dependent That's or no? No insulin. I'm just on the metformin. I, I, I'm able to regulate it via medicine. Okay. So, I'm curious to know. So yeah. you said you started getting it back together after Christmas. Well, I actually spent New Year's 
in the hospital. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, I cheers with the waitresses, or not the nurses. <laughs> nurses. With, so that's uh, a hell of a hospital. Yeah, the nurses with uh, sparkling cider. That was my one thing. So I did uh, a glass of sparkling cider. Based on the fact that you had a 5% chance or less to survive, did people not buy you Christmas gifts? I'm just saying, I'd be a little um, torn. I would buy something I, I wanted, and if you made it, I, I mean, just yeah. saying, like, hey, man, I'm not trying to be mean, but, you know, cash is tight. It's, you know, 95. I, I got a question. Like, how long had it been since you had been to the doctor that you didn't know you had diabetes or pre-diabetic? Well, it runs in the family, and um, I had went to the hospital. I went to the doctor because I was had this weird thing going on, and they were like, take the antibiotics, and it took a couple days, and it was too late or whatever. I think it was a spider bite is what I really think it was, even though they're not telling me that. But I have diabetes in my family. I'm not like 400 pounds or anything like that. But Are you yeah, saying you think a spider bite gave you diabetes or the spider bite is what sent See, you I was, to the hospital? I was going to guess shingles. The spider bite put me in the hospital. I think that then I they had discovered. diabetes okay. without knowing it. All right. Okay. I was like, it'd be a hell of a spider bite. You Man. got diabetes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no more sugar yeah. for you. <laughs> Find out Spider-Man's a diabetic. What uh, what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. <laughs> he just hates people eating candy. Yeah, that's all it is. Takes his little web and snatches a Tootsie Roll right out of your hands. Oops. Hang on now. I like Tootsie Rolls for my people got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I like a Tootsie Roll, but it's like, I don't know, too many people are like, ah, it's just hammering Tootsie Rolls every just day. all my life. One to Red Bull, nothing like that, dude. Just yeah, the not, not rolls. the carbs, not the delicious candy bars, just the Tootsie Rolls. You know, but look, if it runs in your family, all right, there's probably precautions you have to take. Your doctor's going to tell you that. You go to the doctor 15 years from now, and they're like, man, we, we explained your diet, you know what you need to do. And you say, doc, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I got a thing for Tootsie Rolls. I mean, that's basically admission at that moment. I got diabetes, Tootsie Rolls. You're right, and I guess age is a big factor. I, I always forget about that. Right. Like, I'm just kind of used now to going at least once a year for a physical. I'm just mm-hmm. like, man, I feel like that pre-diabetic talk or, like, you have diabetes with it, he would have heard about it. But if you're, like, in your early 30s, like, yeah, I didn't get a physical it. every year in my And 20s. it seems like, it's like years, go, feel by, good years go by pretty quick. It seems like you just got one. So, so it, right. it, you know, like, for sure. I go to the dentist, like, twice, three times a freaking year. Mm-hmm. At least with the doctor, unless you're messed up, it's just one physical. I do appreciate the doctor saying, hey, I'll see you next year. That feels right. like it's right. The dentist, mm-hmm. I'll see you in six months. Like, really? Yeah. You said there's nothing wrong with my mouth, man. Like, every time I come in, oh, we're going to have to give you x-rays. Why? What do you think happened in three months, four months? I don't know. It's the same thing. I mean, you're right. I'm thinking about my year. That would suck when he's listening to your heart if he's like, or she was like, that's not good. See you in three months. Jesus. Like, What? What uh, what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 99.9 KISW. The Men's Room returns with Miles and Thrill. Sarah Daly, Steve Meggs from the Daily Mix Morning Show coming up. We will sit and spam a little nostalgia for you today. The 10 best 70s TV theme songs of all time. Not nostalgia only applied to people old enough to have been around for it. The word is nostalgia. That is correct. I'm saying something you're going to be yes. like, I've heard of this. That's coming up right after emails on our question. What unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the men's room. Hola. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, what an honor it was to meet you at the uh, 884 in Bremerton this year. Oh, thank you, man. It was an honor to be there. Awesome. You guys come back anytime. Yeah, what, what messed me up was uh, radiation exposure. So uh, I was in the Navy on submarines uh, and... Six Navy captains at Bethesda, Maryland, uh, medically retired me for radiation exposure. Uh, I had ulcerative colitis at the time. They said it was caused by, you know, radiation exposure. Uh, the Navy does not admit this very often. Uh, the risk is small. That's all they say. The risk is small. The risk but is small, is but why Why then? And, and look, a lot of things that don't happen often still happen. So what put you a greater risk than the average person? Do not know. Uh, have no clue whatsoever. Uh, it's just how it worked out. Um, so ulcerative colitis, it's uh, similar to Crohn's, except for ulcerative colitis is just the large intestine, uh, which is, you know, they took my large intestine out 26 years ago. Uh, and so I've got scars all over my stomach. And one well, let me ask you a question. You, you use, uh, yeah. you, you eat dinner. How much time you got yeah. before you got to use the bathroom? Uh, well, let me see. I go about 10 times a day. I was going to say, all right. There's nothing yep. stopping that. I mean, you're not, it's a shorter road to times travel. A day. What is the worst food for you to eat that you actually like? Uh, Mexican. That, well, right. yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> right, Jerry. That is Were you on a nuclear submarine? I was on a few of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, just kind of what happened, but I, I got a little of colitis. And uh, that 10% of the people with that get degenerative joint degenerative disc disease. Uh, and so, of course, I got that. And uh, the Navy's treatment for my ulcerative colitis was uh, five years of a high dose of steroids, uh, which did fry my pancreas, and they admit to that. Uh, so now I'm an insulin-dependent diabetic. My ex-wife was an ICU nurse uh, when I met her, and uh, she pretty much saved my life saying, Hey, I think the Navy kind of has you on a treat until you die program. She saw, had me see some specialists that she worked with. And, you know, like I said, they ended up taking the large intestine out and everything different now. Well, to be so, fair, every treatment you get is treatment until you die. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so, it <laughs> doesn't right. sound like it was very helpful for you. Yeah. When you call it that, yeah. it's much worse. But yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I have regular. I'm, I'm back to regular plumbing now, so that's good for you know. But because uh, there was a while that I had an ostomy bag while everything healed up, but you know, with that that ten percent of people that get arthritis uh, or you know degenerative joint disease, I I have zero discs in my back. Um, I've had bone spurs that have caused uh, two uh, severed rotator cuffs, one torn, and I ripped the bicep off the bone. Jesus. When I leaned over in my truck, on the I leaned over and hit the uh, center console because I was reaching for a ball that the duck had left on the on the seat, and uh, I I whited I, everything just went white. I didn't black out, but I, I whited out uh, and just. You know, that was a fun surgery. I just had both my knees replaced. I've had seven surgeries on my right foot uh, due to bone spurs and arthritis and all these other things that are all related to the radiation exposure. Well, let me um, ask, can I ask you this, Jerry? Uh, you said you had a, a colostomy bag, right? Yeah. D does that change your diet based on the fact that you can actually see the way that your food somewhat digests in your stomach? Mm. Like a piece of pizza yeah, will grow three times its normal size when it hits your right. stomach. Sure. So does that change how you eat when you can actually yeah, see what's it, going on? It especially did at that time because this was new to me. You know, I, I had the ostomy bag for three months and it's just a, a different creature. You have no control over, you know, uh, gas. I was at PLU at the time in college and uh, yeah, I'd just be sitting there and you just hear, you know, this bubbling fart sounds coming from my gut. <laughs> you can't control it. It's just, you cannot control it. So, but everybody knew, you know, I'd just be like, sorry. Yeah. I kept a seat away. All right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Man, oh, man. I would think that'd be the toughest thing is not knowing whether or not you're going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that you have to fart. You know what I mean? It's, it's one thing to think you can get away with a quiet fart that slips out. But the point is you still knew you had to fart. Right, but just to sit there. Well, it's not. Sorry, it's, not it's not going out the back side. It's all going in the back. Right, going so, into the back. Yeah. Are they see through a colostomy bag? I, I, I I've never I actually seen the bag so. because it's always under someone's shirt for obvious reasons. But I'm just like, you, you can't make them opaque. Like I don't need to see this, man. You know? I, you know, I don't know. I just feel like most medical stuff comes in that like kind of clear but cloudy yeah. bag. I feel like mm -hmm. we could yep. make a million dollar plan. Like it's just the same colostomy bag. You just can't see through it. Well and fashion doesn't help either. What do you mean? Like I had a teacher at Tamatha who like just wore baggier button ups. Okay. And it was like the end of the year and he was like, Yeah, I have a colostomy bag. You guys never thought like no one's gonna think but that. like in the late nineties, okay. early two thousand, everybody wore everything so baggy like we never we yep. it never dawned on it until he mentioned it because he's not a smart. He was the I'll put it this way: he was the cross uh, country running coach. Okay, so he, right? he's he a had fit, ran in fit. high school, ran in college. Yeah, but it's funny that he says you guys never thought about that. Like, do you want people to think that? Like, I'm sitting at a bar and a guy comes in in a really baggy shirt, and I'm like, colostomy bag. Like, no, dude, I like baggy clothes. My bad. <laughs> right. right, that is not anyone's first thought. What uh, what unexpected source messed you up? Two oh six eight oh three. Right. Nowadays, he just looked like a bad dresser. Yeah. Hello, Amber. Welcome to the men's room. Hi, guys. Hola. Hola. And this is applicable because this is one a um, Cabo San Lucas story <laughs> that I called pertaining to last Thursday's call. But now that I'm realizing today's question is what messed you up, it will pertain to both. Okay. So, hello. I'm 42 um, now. So, back in 1998. 
my dad did a lot of work for my uncle. He's kind of like a handyman. Did a lot of work over the years. So it got to be kind of summer of 1998. And he said, okay, I can one, pay you for your work, or two, take the family to Cabo San Lucas for Christmas for nine days. Come on. We were all like, boom. I was <laughs> like, yeah. What? This is pre, you know, pre 9-11, everything. It was like, boom, best experience. Well, our first night in, we get in and they say we're going to a bar. That's a guy. I remember hearing Sammy Hagar. So we end up at his bar and we go in. Is the name of his bar Cabo Wabo? Yeah. Can't okay. And then his, his tequila, yep. And I work at Safeway. We still sell it. It's one of our top sellers. It always makes me giggle. So we get in and we sit down. There's probably 25 to our party, aunts, uncles, cousins. And I had not had a drink of alcohol. I'm 16 from USA. We don't drink on the regular. I don't. My parents do. So within about 15 minutes, the servers just throw you back. I had three jello shots in my mouth that I immediately felt kind of tasted a little funny and was realized was some kind of alcohol. Well, I I don't remember the night very clearly. I remember a lot of the beginning and then the next morning, but I, I was pretty much Sammy's best friend all night. He was walking me around. I got pulled around to the point where my family left me. But he made sure that I was put in a car or someone got me home safe. And my dad wakes up the next morning and he's passed away at this point. But he goes, Amber, Joe Nevins, Sammy Hagar dropped you off this morning. And it was just like that. And I was like, are you mad? Are you happy? I'm not sure. I thought you liked him. I wasn't ready. I was in my underwear. I didn't know Sammy Hagar was going to be bringing... So I'm trying to like, I mean, I just got so drunk so fast, but I, I, I mean, everyone throughout our whole vacation, I would get high fived and I would kind of my, I have some Spanish. So understand like party girl, I was party girl, but I didn't get naked. I didn't do anything weird. I didn't throw up. So I was kind of best friends with Sammy for a night and it was pretty fun. Did you tell your dad, like, look, man. Of all of the people you could possibly open the door in your underwear and the person will not care, I think Sammy Hagar is probably one of the top three. Right. In your underwear, my man. I got you. Here's your daughter. She's a little loopy on the jello shots. Right. I remember that blonde hair and he's still wearing I think I remember, too, just going like, aren't we inside? Why are you wearing sunglasses? (laughs) I kept just asking him that. He'd be like, Honey, it's gonna be well, all right. If you ever make it back there to that bar and you're conscious enough to look around, it's a uh, who's who of rock and roll memorabilia. I can believe it. Yeah, all the pictures on the wall, all the stuff. It's 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 you just go in there. You've and, been there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I went there for a few nights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they have live music. You know, they have tequila close to the house you're right downtown no you're a ways away i didn't say in downtown in cabo but you know you still you, found you, a way you can take a water taxi there so you know you just some guys just you know standing out on a boat in front of your hotel he's like you want to ride downtown like hell yeah 
It's more fun to get it there that way. I would, man. Yeah. And he's still involved. <laughs> so what, he sold, did it, what, he sold it to Caleb, but he's still involved in the bar or something he, like well, that? Well, he he probably, whatever he did, he made enough money. I'm sure he keeps his hands somehow and all that stuff. So he might have kept a certain percentage of it. He, based on what he made over $100 million. Yeah, he made a ton of he's, money. He's doing just fine. <laughs> what uh, what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the men's room. Hola, gentlemen. Hola. So, I'm 24, so this is about like 12, 10 years ago when I was like 12, 13 years old. My church that I was going to with my grandparents did this event during Super Bowl time, so it's actually kind of a good timing for the story. And it was called Soup Herbal Bunko, like the Bunko Dice game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of good people would play it. But it was all to do with soup. People would bring soup. And <laughs> that is so true. What is Bunko? It's a uh, man, I never remember. How, we do it every year at the kids' school to raise money. It's fun as hell. Uh, if I remember this right, everyone has like one of each number from the dice, all right? And you have to get like yeah. three ones before you can move on to the two. So it's just all okay. So you roll the dice. All right, man, you, roll, you get three dice. Say you roll two ones, or you get to fill out two ones in your one column, but you can't move on to twos until you get your third one. You follow me? And then when you get up to twos, you want to roll three twos. But That's you like keep a vari- rolling. variation off of, like, Yahtzee. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> but, um, so, it's all around the soup and everything. Well, being a, kind of a pickier kid at the time, I only liked chicken noodle. And so the only two things I had that night was chicken noodle soup and, like, sourdough bread and white bread. I still eat everything I had that night to this day. Some reason, hours later, we had family over and everything. I start noticing hives slowly coming onto my body. Well, they're coming more and more. I'm eventually walking around the house without my shirt on and everything, and I'm going more and more hives hives on my body eventually grandma says well your throat ever starts to feel like it's getting tighter we need to know we're gonna have to take you to the hospital she had to start like a little 30 minute timer or something like that because in 30 minutes we were off to Enumclaw hospital so something that i had during that event sent me to the hospital in like some type of anaphylactic shock i've never been allergic to it anything i've gone through all those tests to see I'm not not supposed to be allergic, so really that was kind of a random little thing. I, I blame chicken noodle soup that some old lady made. Yeah, you think you got a bad piece of chicken in there? Uh, I don't. I don't even know. Like I've even heard of chicken ever giving somebody hives so bad to where it put them into a shock to where it started kind of choking them. Do you think it's more likely from the sourdough bread? As no, because I still eat that to this day. Okay, that's like weird. That's weird because you really types of bread. even though you want to put your finger on something, it could have been the butter you put on the bread. You, right, like you, you, like all the things you don't think about. Finger something that they, they, they assume, but they yeah. don't know, or a dirty spoon yeah, yeah. that you yeah. use for the soup. They, we were using plastic, so oh, it could have well. been something that to do with plastic, and I have no idea. It, it's still the most random thing to this day. No doctor there at the ER said anything. It was put him on IV. They gave me steroids, gave me something. I ended up sleeping for like six hours there at the hospital. Woke up about three, four o'clock in the morning. Got discharged within the hour. And 
was at home back in my own bed feeling fine and dandy. I woke up next day and went to school. Or no, next day was Sunday, my bad. So woke up Sunday morning and hung out with the family. Monday went back to school. Just like, yeah, I had to go to the hospital over the weekend. You might be the yeah. antichrist in your red church. I'm just throwing it out there because we can't really pinpoint. You're right, though. You always try to pick one thing, and then who knows? Right? Because and not even if you about... ate something you know that was bad, it was just that version of it. Yep. Yeah. You know that's I mean? the other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know, man. What? Uh, what unexpected source messed you up? Two hundred six eight hundred three rock. Hello, Bree. Welcome to the men's room. Liquor and whores. Liquor and whores. I've always wanted to do that. Thanks, everybody, for having me on. Sure, hot Bree. Um, so my story is actually about my husband, and I wish it was funny, but it's not. Oh, we'll He's laugh. Fine. No worries. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, so my husband uh, has asthma. It's pretty mild, but he also has a really severe mold allergy. He was accidentally exposed to mold a couple of weeks ago, and he woke up in the night having trouble breathing, but he could breathe, but he was aware that he was having trouble breathing. I was still sleeping. He took Benadryl, because that's what we learned when we were growing up, was to take Benadryl if you're having an allergic reaction, and he went back to bed. He ended up going into the ER the next day, and it turns out, um, and I'm telling everybody who will listen, (laughs) do not do that. If you are having a breathing issue, it's due to an allergy. You can take Benadryl, just don't go to sleep. Because that, that's not going to sleep. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. again, tough to do if you're taking Benadryl. Uh, right, yeah. exactly. Like your comment earlier about the, with a concussion, like, don't go to sleep if you have a concussion. Well, I don't remember that I'm not supposed to do that. Right. So, um, but no, it was, so it could have been much worse, but it's, we didn't know. We honestly didn't know. And the doctor told us, like, don't do that. And I'm like, well, thanks for telling us now. So why don't they like, tell you these things in advance? You know, it's great to tell me things after the fact, but, like, it's Benadryl. That's kind of the standard for a lot of people if you believe you're having an allergic reaction. everywhere. (laughs) So how was he accidentally exposed to mold? What was the situation? It was the weirdest thing. So we just moved into our house um, almost a year ago, and I've never done a deep clean. I found mold in the sink drain in our upstairs bathroom, and there wasn't a lot of it, but there was enough. And I, I found it. I told him to go downstairs. Um, knowing that what he's allergic to, and I took care of it, and I thought that I got it all, but there was a little bit left on the little thing that goes in the sink that like plugs it up. I forget yeah. what it's called. The thing, yeah, stopper. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in the other bathroom where I had left it carelessly. I feel responsible for this. Sure, um, carelessly. And he left, he, I, no, stop it. Hey, we're gonna yeah. see you on Dateline. <laughs> I'm trying to cover for you now, but whatever. Stop. You don't know? Oh yeah, you don't mind. I don't know my name. I was like, oh no. Um, Bree, Bree. Yeah, I mean, you told us. <laughs> yeah, fair. But no, it's he just um, he went into the bathroom later, and uh, it was right there, and that's all it took. And he felt, and it was a slow burn. That's the other thing. As mold is, it builds up. It's not like instantaneous, like a bee sting or a spider bite or whatnot. How did he become quote unquote mold sensitive? Is this from birth, or did something happen to him when he was younger? I'm well. You know, I don't know. I think it was from birth. Um, when we met, he had. He thought he had just IBS. Okay. Um, but it turns out that it just, he has a lot of allergies and that when he eats things he is intolerant to, like ah, tomatoes, okay. right. soya, it gets worse and it presents as IBS. But all of those things, he's been experiencing the negative side effects of ingesting those his whole life. So my guess is from birth. What, uh, what are some of the foods that at least you hope he doesn't eat? <laughs> 
It's funny that you put it like that. Well, <laughs> because... no, because you said if, if the symptoms show is IBS, that means you're both going down in flames, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're sharing uh, a bed. I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. and I, he does, and I, I can't blame him because he found about, out about this allergy later in life, so he already had things that he loved eating. I can't blame him. But the things that I really, really don't want him to eat are deviled eggs. Is this from the... Uh, he uh, makes them. Yeah. It makes a beeline for the table, and I'm like, don't do it. And he goes, I'm not doing it. And then he's got, like, four in his hand, so it's just hilarious. So every Easter, you basically go through the same process. I mean, I can fathom that one time a year. I mean, it's, they a, it's a big holiday exactly. for, for deviled eggs. Exactly. eggs. It's, like, one of my favorites. So I, I, there's no blame. I get it. But I also sometimes, if I know he's going to make choices, we drive separately. For no. real? Really? <laughs> You will try to drive separately. Because he's going to be stuck, but like the the aftermath is difficult to be around. (laughs) I follow you, Bree. And saves your marriage. You you do what you got to do, man. Right. I'm supportive. I just yeah. lay boundaries, you know. Okay. Right, that's fair. That's fair. What uh, what unexpected source <laughs> messed you up? Two zero six eight zero three rock. Hello, Chad. Welcome to the men's room. Hey guys, long time listener, third time caller. Oh, welcome hola. back. Hola, hola. Uh, yeah, so uh, went down to Mexico with my mom and stepdad. They were getting married. This is about 20 years ago, so I was 20 and uh, had a buddy of mine with us as well. And uh, one of the nights after the wedding, uh, one of the nights my buddy and I decided we're going to go to the strip club. And uh, me being a dumb 20-year-old, you know, we were really good about not drinking the water, not, you know, doing anything too crazy. Uh, but I was just drinking beer for a while, and then eventually I got the idea I wanted to have a screwdriver. And a uh-huh. screwdriver had ice in it, and I uh-huh. uh, didn't think about it until the plane ride back. My stomach started acting funny. felt like shrapnel in my gut, and uh, I'm in the seat that's alongside the window, so I'm packed in tight, drinking Sprite, trying to settle my stomach, but it was excruciating that plane ride uh, home. And then uh, waited a day or two, and eventually my grandparents took me to the hospital, and the doctors told me, you know, of course, if I had let it go on, you know, I would have died. You'd be dead, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But it turned out that it was E. coli, thanks to uh, uh, that ice. Yeah, that's -hmm. that's one thing that, because we go to Mexico pretty frequently, and we always remind, it depends where you go. A lot of places will tell you on the menu, they have like these UV treatments and stuff on the roof where they collect water, blah, blah, blah. But if it doesn't say that, and a lot of times they'll even ask you, you know, like, oh, you're from the States. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll offer you like, look, we can put ice cubes in your glass or we can get you chilled bottled water. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. take the bottled water because the ice cubes, because people get a Coca-Cola or something, honestly, not think about it. Drop the ice cubes in there and it's the same water. Now it melts and it's in you. Well, most countries also don't understand the concept of ice. Like the United right. States, we're an ice we are country an ice and yeah. that's unusual. For the rest of the world. So if you go someplace yeah. else, that's not normal. Right. They so the ice stuff. machines aren't clean. They're, you know, the no. whole basic premise of it just doesn't make sense. It's for tourists. It's something that you do for American That's it. That's it. Tara Daily Steve Mix coming up from the Daily Mix Morning Show. We will sit and spin with the 10 best 70s TV theme songs of all times. And we've got your emails coming up next for the men's room at KISW.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 